Do you remember where you were at when you first saw that guy or girl and you said to yourself, hmm, I could live the rest of my life with that one? Well, what happens after years of ministry and marriage? Well, in this episode, we're going to talk about how a pastor can keep a strong marriage relationship after years of ministry. Stay tuned. Welcome to Church Tips, the daily show designed to give you practical ideas and strategies you can use to get better, break barriers, and grow the church. Thanks for joining us today. Now here are your hosts, Dick and Jonathan Hardy. Back when I was in college, I had the privilege of being part of a small church that was uh, located in our community, Cedar Falls, Iowa. And uh, I'd go over to see the pastor and his wife uh, after, well, we go to church on Sunday night, and he'd, oh, they'd always have me over for uh, dessert or something because they didn't serve any food in the calf. So I'm over there one night, and I'm looking through their wedding album. Now, I'm a freshman in college, and I'm looking at the, the gal standing up with my, the, the pastor's wife, and I said, hey, who's this tall redhead on the end of the line? Well, that's my sister, Pat. Really? So how old is she? Well, she's 18. Well, I'm 18. She's tall. I'm tall. Let's make something happen here. So fast forward, I, they took me down to meet Pat Majeski on a blind date. And uh, the rest is history. Four and a half years later, uh, we got married. And then about four years after that, along comes this guy. Boom. So uh, the reality is it's been 43 years since I said I do to Pat Majeski. And um, I jokingly said, tell people, 43 of the best years of my life, 38 and a half of the best of her life. But um, the, the reality is the union of a man and a woman together, as they start into ministry, it, it can in large part determine where that ministry is going to go. Yeah, because if it is solid, based in Scripture, and doing the things the Lord says to do, that husband and wife are going to be able to go forward and do some amazing things that wouldn't happen otherwise yeah. if there were conflict in the home. Now, yeah. Jonathan uh, did here, coming up on, what, 11 years yeah, coming up here at the point we're doing yeah. this, uh, and gave me the number one daughter-in-law on the planet. Yes. So you are the wise sage. So why don't you give give my, give my me, Dad, and all these people watching well, great tips, huh? <laughs> Come on. But uh, really, there are some fundamental things that we think will help you as you strengthen the marriage the Lord has given you, that in turn sets you up for success. And this is so important because the enemy, the the moment you got married and the moment you entered ministry, the bullseye on your back just got bigger and bigger and bigger. And it's continuing to be that way. And the enemy wants to do whatever he can to to stop us. And we hear all the time of of ministry failures, things that go wrong, uh, pastors that slip up, um, and even and it's mar- in the home. marriages, yep, and it's all in the home, and that's why we want to take today just to share. Hey, this is what's going to help you uh, make sure you can continue to reach more people. And if we don't do these things, then it's going to stifle the growth of the church exactly. and the ability for the ministry to have the impact that God wants it to have. So, with that being said, Number let's one. jump in. We're going to jump in. We're going to actually give six best practices for pastors to grow the relationship with their spouse. The first thing is is simply this: to be grateful and to be humble. Um, we have to make sure we never lose that gratitude. We don't want to ever uh, take for granted what we have at home uh, every day, every night, when, when we come home from work or whatever it looks like for you. We want to make sure that we're thankful and that we're, you know, just as we teach our kids to be thankful, you know, I'm constantly pounding my kids, you know, say thank you, be thankful, um, you know, when someone gives them something or whatever. Well, 
The same thing is true for us. We got to make sure in our hearts and our minds, we don't take for granted the, the spouse that God has given us. And, and because it's, I mean, you know what it's like. It's oh, just, yeah. well, we all probably know what it's like. You just get in the, in the motions and yeah. life happens. And if we, if we don't stop and say, okay, hey, I'm going to be grateful. I'm going to be humble um, about this. Uh, this marriage. We don't want to be arrogant. We don't. We, we don't want to go home into this marriage every night after you're doing ministry stuff, and you know where we've got this arrogance about us. We've got to make sure that we keep our heart and our life in the right place. Exactly. Exactly. And the second one actually dovetails right off of that is regularly acknowledge the spouse of your youth. Uh, there's a verse Proverbs five eighteen that talks about the the importance for you to rejoice in the wife of your youth. There's a term there, but it, the spouse of your youth. Yeah. Bumps are going to come in marriage. Uh, I'm going to bet you've had one or two in 11 years. I've had well more than that in 43 years. Uh, but uh, our spouses have been wanting to roll with the punch with us, and and we are very very grateful for this. Let me let me tell you as a, as an older um, I'm, I'm not sure I like that term, older, but the <laughs> older to, of the two of us. You don't like to call yourself older. Yeah, that's right. Uh, let me tell you, over time, you know, physical characteristics change. I have I didn't have gray hair when I started, yeah. and um, you know, my wife still doesn't have gray hair. I don't know how that happens, but the reality is, physical traits change. Yeah. And the enemy, again, Jonathan Refferson, enemy would love nothing more than to communicate to you as a pastor and a leader that that spouse is really kind of worn out. And so what does the world say? Yeah. The world says, yeah. get rid of them yeah. and get a new one. Yeah, go get the new version. Go get the new version. Yeah. I'm, and we all know, we all know this cognitively, but to get this in our spirit, to rejoice in the wife or the spouse of your youth all the time. Yeah. When bumps happen, I'm grateful for what the Lord gave me in uh, 1977. Jonathan's grateful for yeah. the wife the Lord gave him in 2009. Be grateful all the time, yeah. and when when you'll do that, you're going to see you're going to be positioned to be able to work in ministry with a clean slate on the home front. Yep. Okay. Number three is to defer to one another. Uh, you know, hey, th- life isn't about just us, and obviously, we know once we enter that marriage relationship that uh, we're to serve, and yeah. we're you know we're to look to uh, our spouse. Um, you know, just as much, if not more, than above ourselves, and and so we need to make sure that in our in our life and in our marriage, we are deferring to one another. And so, if you might have a conflict or if there's some tension in the home, we have to we have to go to that spouse and and say, hey, okay, well, w- well what do you want? What what's going to be mm-hmm. best for them? How can I help you? Right. And uh, make sure that we defer to your spouse and and really make sure that you set aside any pride that you would have or arrogance or or you know your own agenda or your own um you know goals that you're trying to make happen and instead say hey let me empathize with this situation let's make sure that that I put my spouse first uh, in everything exactly exactly and number 4 is to play to your spouse's love language and uh, Gary Chapman was the one who made these uh love languages uh, so uh prominent in the uh, church world, Christian world, and world in general, the five love languages are the words of affirmation, acts of service, receiving gifts, quality time, and physical touch. Now, you've got to pay attention to your spouse, spouse's love language, not your love language. Right. And uh, my wife and I have different love languages, and I want her to talk, uh, focus on my love language, her me. But my problem is when I focus on her, I'm too often focusing on my love language mm-hmm. that doesn't work with her. 
So it is all about the, the, the deference that we just talked about. Focus in on your spouse's love language, and you're going to see good things happen going forward. Yeah. Number five is to speak well of your spouse in public. I've seen this um, not a lot of times, but I've seen it where I've listened to, in this case, a husband say something negative mm. about their wife. Yeah. And I just cringe, particularly if she hears it, mm-hmm. because it is so demeaning. Mm-hmm. What you want to do is you want to be saying positive things about your spouse all the time mm-hmm. in public. The Granted, you have bumps. Granted, they're not perfect. You're not perfect. But always the power of the tongue, what you say is going to have a profound impact on how strong that marriage is. You speak life, you'll get life. Speak death, you'll get death. Always speak life. Yeah, and this is one of those public. Yeah, and this is one of those great examples where the enemy, that's what he wants. Oh, you know, he yeah. wants to create some division. Right. And not only would that be creating division with you and the spouse, but it's also creating division in the church if it's public and they say, Oh, well, there's you know, some things are going on there. And you're and modeling wrong. Yeah. If you don't if you yeah. speak well, you'll model correctly. Yeah. Okay, uh, sixth and finally is to pray for your spouse every day. Man, you have to be praying every day. And and we know this to be true. But, you know, life happens. And so we just encourage you, be praying for your spouse. The thing the enemy wants is for you not to pray for your spouse because the enemy wants to cause division among your home. Because then once there's division in the home, then that's going to infiltrate into the church as a whole. And so we've got to make sure that we're unified, and that happens through prayer for one another. So be praying for your spouse uh, every single day. Uh, Let me give a quick recap. The six things that we suggest today is to be grateful and humble to regularly acknowledge the spouse of your youth, to defer to one another, to speak well, uh, or to play to your spouse's love language. Then fifth is to speak well of your spouse in public. And sixth and finally, pray for your spouse every day. When you put these best practices into place, it's going to help you and your spouse continue to grow, and it's going to minimize the ability for there to be division and for the enemy to work, even though we know that God, that he has, uh, the enemy has something he's trying to do in in. Um, hindering the work of the ministry. And this all is so important because God wants to grow the church. He wants more and more people to come to know him. But if our marriage is not where it needs to be, that could be a potential hindrance for us being effective in ministry. Exactly. Well, one of the best ways to keep growing is to grow as a personal leader. And that's going to help you then not only with your marriage life, but your leadership life, your 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 influence in all your relationships. Yep. And so that's why we always encourage you to keep growing as a leader because we know growing churches are led by growing okay. leaders. And so that means you have to keep growing. And one of the ways you can do that is through the four secrets that pastors can use to lead the church. This is a masterclass I put together uh, that is less than an hour long. You can sign up at leaders.church slash secrets. Again, that's leaders.church slash secrets. Go there. You can sign up and it's less than an hour um, to get access to this masterclass that will really help you go to the next level, not only just with you know leading in your home, but leading in life. And so we want to encourage you to do that uh, as well. Please rate and review this podcast. We would love to hear your feedback. In fact, we have a review we wanted to read today from Pastor Jack H. Great ideas and workable plans. Fantastic easy to follow directions to help us stay sharp and refreshed. Well, hey, that's great to hear. Thank you, Pastor Jack H., for for that review. And we would love to share your review. Please write the review, and we'll be sure to get it added into the queue and share that when we can. And uh, also, please subscribe. 
we want to have you subscribe on podcast platforms or on YouTube, wherever it is that you're listening or watching to this. Um, we would be honored to have you subscribe. Absolutely. And uh, with that being the case, thank you so much for being with us today. We will look forward to seeing you next time. Take care. Hey, Jonathan here. Real quick before you go. Did you know 71% of pastors report being extremely stressed or highly stressed? 90% of pastors feel worn out working between 55 to 75 hours per week. And then get this, 70% of pastors say they have a lower self-esteem now than when they started ministry. Can you relate to any of that? In reality, everything in your ministry rises and falls on your leadership. So investing in your leadership is essential to staying healthy and growing the ministry. And that's why I want to invite you to join us inside the Leaders.Church membership. It's your opportunity to invest in your leadership. This online streaming service for pastors gives you access to more than 300 videos plus training material to level up your leadership and improve your ministry skills. If you're ready to give your leadership growth a boost, simply go to leaders.church slash boost. Again, that's leaders.church slash boost. Well, thanks again for joining us today on the Church Tips Podcast. We'll look forward to seeing you next time.